welcome to the Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets show here on the Mayo Media Network. I am Matt Moody, here to talk some fantasy hockey with my buddy DJ Mitchell. DJ, how you doing? I'm doing great. I mean, we're kind of getting into the thick of things right now. And, you know, obviously the, the worst news we're getting is the COVID stuff. So obviously every single night, I'm just going to say it one more time. If you're making lineups, you're making a lot of lineups, if you're making a few lineups, your flex should be your latest guy on FanDuel. Your two utilities should be your latest guy. We're going to get more <laughs> and more news. We had a scare tonight with Montreal. There was like a little bit of a rumor out there that they might have a problem and it sounds like it went away. I'm just going to, you know, again, that could have been devastating for people. So definitely make sure your utility and your flex are the latest guys playing. Other than that, things have been going good. It's Thursday. It's almost Friday. Matt, how's it going with you? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, things are going great. It's been a good week of hockey action. And uh, you know, if you couldn't tell, we're here to talk about fantasy hockey. We're here to talk about picks. We're here to talk about bets. So uh we got six games here on Thursday. Um, you know, a couple of them are rematches of what we're seeing on Wednesday night. Um, and there's a couple that we already saw Tuesday night. So really some of it's going to be stuff you've heard before. And that's just a, uh, you know, a mere symptom of the fact that the schedule is uh, very interesting this year. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of start off by going game by game, but first I just wanted to uh, mention uh, obviously we can't do this without our gracious, uh, you know, our gracious friends over at fade the noise. So if you're looking for uh, daily fantasy type advice, go to fdndaily.com. Use the promo code Mayo when you check out. Also, if you're looking for betting help, they've got betting tools over there too. So uh, ftnbets.com uh, for that and yeah, promo code Mayo. So uh, with all that covered, Let's talk about some hockey here. So sure, sure. we have, yeah, I mean, we have Tampa coming back, uh, you know, uh, what the stars, I guess, COVID situation really kind of put a damper in their schedule. But we have Tampa coming back here to take on Columbus. So I think we can start there. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? We've got Tampa kind of, you know, only minus 160. Like what's the deal there? And you know, how do you feel about this team? Tampa Bay, obviously, as you mentioned, has only played the two games. And I, you know, knowing exactly what they're going to do with all their lines and everything is going to be a little tough. But I'm definitely a fan of that money line. It seems fine. Columbus, obviously, has been bad. They're actually 0-4 against the spread, which is pretty funny. Um, playing the Detroit Red Wings twice definitely hurt them. But it is what it is. So, I, yeah, it's going to be a matchup where I'm going to be in on Tampa, but I'm not going to be overly in on Tampa, I guess would be the way to put it. I think that, you know, if you're going to play Tampa, especially over on like DraftKings or FanDuel and stuff, it's not overly expensive. The one interesting note that I have on Tampa is Anders Palat being one of the only players, uh, I think he's one of the seven before uh, the end of the night we have going right now in um, hockey that has a 100% shooting percentage with three total shot attempts, two of them going on net, two of them going in the goal. So it's going to be interesting to see how, like how, people are going to play them. Anders Palat still decently expensive, but his price has come down a bit. Um, I don't know if I, you know, this, when you're doing player prop bets, people might kind of think like, oh, he's line one, power play one. His prop lines aren't terrible. He could probably get the shots on net. He has three shots attempts on the year. So um, anything else you want to talk about on Tampa or you want to get to the other side in Columbus? Yeah, I mean, the Palat thing's interesting because, you know, um, like before the season, I was talking like this is a guy who should really benefit from the absence of Nikita Kucherov. 
Um, and, you know, he scored two goals for us, um, you know, if, if you're a believer there. And it's not like they've only they've only played two games. So, you know, he's on pace to, let's call it, win the Rocket. But at the same time, it is a bit yeah. concerning to see that he is, uh, you know, also – uh, you know, not necessarily putting a ton of rubber on that. So I, I think that's been maybe one of the main stories, if we can draw a sample out from just two games here in Tampa, that Steven Stamkos has really come on strong, um, put up five shots, you know, in his first game against Chicago there, um, and then four in the next. So maybe it's just the Stamkos show this year. Um, from a betting perspective, though, man, I just, like, I like Columbus fine, but I don't really think Tampa's getting enough respect here. You know, I, I like getting on their side here. I think that taking them as a road favorite is not, uh, I think that's a pretty good bet. As far as the over-under is concerned, uh, like most of the other games on the slate, it is a five and a half over-under. I think if I were to bet the over on one of those games, this would be it. Um, that said, I'm not entirely convinced on that. So um that's, you know, just something that I'm thinking about from the betting perspective. One interesting angle also to just cap off this game is that when you look at the shots on goal props, uh, again, we're using the DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, we've got Cam Atkinson at juiced money to go over three and a half. I obviously don't like that. Like, you know, he's not even really featured in their five on five units at this point in time. Um, so taking the under is some serious juice. You know, it's almost minus 200 at this point. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's fine. But they also have Stamkos. That's some pretty, again, serious juice. But it's only two and a half. Like, yeah, yeah I get they open up the season against Chicago. And Chicago's going to be a pushover pretty much all year, especially defensively. Um, but, man, <laughs> you know three shots out of Stamkos feels really, really good. Um, so those are kind of my two strongest thoughts on this game, despite them being uh, relatively tough odds to beat just in terms of the juice that you're paying in order to lay those odds. So um, any other thoughts before you get to the next game? Uh, I'd be all of you, Brooks Rand, kind of disappointed a lot of fantasy players uh, on Tuesday night. I think he could be in a decent bounce back spot and, you know, plus 425 for two plus points with a guy that you know should be the featured guy on their power play. And it didn't come through, obviously, versus Detroit. They played super defensive towards shutdown everything. So I think if you're getting crazy, plus 425 for a double point night for Brooks Strand just seems a little a little bit up my alley. I know if you've listened to us, uh, if you've listened to us in the past, we're big Bjork God guys. Um, so I, I, I'm fine with that, but, uh, which game are we getting to next? I feel like I might've screwed up the order here for our, you totally, lovely, oh, for our 100. lovely producer, Josh. Um, you know, so shout out to him for dealing with, uh, my mess up here, but, uh, I had we'll everything go. up for Philly, Boston. And then you just <laughs> said, I was like, wait a minute. All right. Let, let's go over there then. Um, okay. you know, we'll, we'll try to get back on track here, uh, off to a strong start on this Thursday. So. Uh, yeah, Philly at Boston. Um, there's a couple of key news items here that I, you know, we don't really have that in Tampa Columbus. Uh, Matt Grizzlick, uh, you know, kind of the power play one top four defenseman for Boston uh, was hurt in Tuesday's game or Monday's game um, and left early. I believe it was a shoulder issue. Um, 
could have been a wrist. It looked really bad, honestly. Like he fell on it really awkwardly. He did practice Wednesday. It sounds like he'll play. Um, but I wonder at what sort of efficiency he'll be at. Um, I, I'm always scared of, especially daily fantasy, uh, you know, guys who are playing with bum shoulders, bum wrists, because it is tough to shoot when you're, you know, not feeling it, but you can pass and defend and everything else. So um, one area to keep an eye on on Boston side, on the Philly side, Morgan Frost was expected to at least step into a pretty nice, um, you know, power play role with some five on five minutes, uh, basically replacing Sean Couturier. That didn't happen for him. He really disappointed a lot of us in fantasy land. Um, that said, he's, uh, you know, day-to-day and likely out for this one. So we don't know what Philly's going to do. He's out. He's confirmed. Okay. What about the IR? He's out. Oh, perfect. Um, so what they do there is a really interesting thing from a DFS perspective. Um, but how does it affect, like, the betting odds? And do you have any leans on this game? I think one thing that Philadelphia under uh, Vigneault has always kind of been is a team that distributes all four lines and doesn't give one line a ton, a ton of run. Obviously the top players are going to see a few more minutes in every game, but I'm not overly bullish on stacking them. I'm not overly bullish on any of their uh, you know, kind of player props. It's really tough to get the guy that you think is going to be the perfect play. Unless if they get a lot of power play time, they're just not going to see maximized minutes. So I don't normally get high. Every single player on the player props is two and a half, except for Bergeron on this game. So maybe we do see with Frost going out, a player jump in for a couple more minutes on the power play. I don't see kind of a a guy here that jumps off the page to me. I think connecting at two and a half is is fair, but it's minus 200 to go, um, no, plus 140 to go over. That's not crazy great odds. Uh, Not terrible either. If you seem to like that. Yeah, no. Um, I, think, just, I, think, I think it's fair. He is going to be the guy. I hope that gets you know more of the shooting attempts. Um, if you if you want to touch on that for a second, I'll kind of pull up something to check what they did in the power play and the they've only played a couple games, so getting a lot of these numbers on natural stat trick are a little. Yeah, odd, I mean, but. so something that we've sort of seen at least in the early going is that they've really um, you know not quite been featuring Claude Giroux as much as they have in you know the past, and obviously part of that is age, and part of that is Giroux's just you know, not really done it for the first few games here of the season. Um, but man, connecting has been really strong to start the year. Um, and yeah, he shares a power play unit with Drew or at least should, um, frankly, we don't really know how things will shake out, uh, at this current moment, especially with frost going out and some reconfiguring needing done there. Um, so getting connecting at plus odds, you know, at that number, I think is actually pretty good. Um, because comparatively speaking, you know, Kevin Hayes has better odds, like, yeah, I like him yeah. as a player, but Konechny is a much better shooter and a rate shooter. Um, so that's actually, I think, just sort of an area where it's very uh, obvious. If you like a team, just go check out what is being offered. And if you can compare two players, like I like Konechny more than Kevin Hayes. Yeah, either both of those odds are really bad and you bet the under on Kevin Hayes, or you really like Konechny and his odds are good, so you bet the over on Travis Konechny. Like that's why I like uh having bets that you can bet the over and the under the yes and the no, um, because it allows some, you know, just, it allows you to make those sort of decisions. Like as you're looking through these different lines that are offered. Right. Right. But without going into great, I guess kind of looking at their power play, it kind of seems like they've spread the shots out pretty well. Drew is a couple more, Hayes a couple more than connecting right there. So, um, you know, going to be it's a small sample size, but let's move over to, I believe, the Devils and the Islanders, unless there's anything else you wanted to add. No, uh, lead us off over there. 
Yeah, I mean, I think normally when I see an Islanders game, I get very under feeling just because of the way they've played. Obviously, if you've followed the Islanders this year at all, you'll notice that Varlamov has two shutouts in two games, and obviously that well is going to break. I don't know if I have an incredibly strong lean on whether this is like, let's jam in the over here because, well, the Devils have given up a million shots and Blackwood's bailed them out. But, uh, you know, I'm not, I think I'm a little on the over. And normally the Islanders games, you're, you're not as high on that. I think you're going to get decent odds on that at close. Um, I also just kind of like this game as far as playing a few players on DraftKings, which we'll get to at the end. Um, the player props also seem like, again, very, very low. And the one thing about the Devils that I've started to notice, and I think this is going to be a trend that continues, is their like, game script is very dependent. Like, the, how would you script the game? The players are going to match that game script very well. Um, so when they were you know leading and trying to hold on to the lead, Miles Wood got a, a ton of run. Um, he actually got power play one time with, um, Matt, can you say Igor? Um, Sharangovich. Sharangovich also got power play one and penalty kill time. So it, it, it's going to be kind of like when they're trying to defend the lead, which they did, I'd say, decently poorly against the Rangers, they're going to give those kind of guys more run. Um, so if you really like a line in this game, just try to think about it through the game script lens of, well, I like the game to go for this. And I think these guys are, you know, it's impossible an hockey one bounce can change the whole thing, but they definitely are, are game script dependent. So anything you want to touch on with the devil? Yeah, I mean, play, just or... to sort of back that up a little more. I mean, basically you're talking the top six centers are Jack Hughes and uh, Travis Ajak. And those two could not be as different of players, you know, if you put them through a, you know, computer simulator. So that's sort of why, like when they're leading, Zajac's going to eat up a ton of minutes. And when they're trailing, you know, Jack Hughes yeah, is going to go out yeah. there and try to create and, you know, just do a lot for you. So I don't necessarily read too much into that from a DFS perspective, but that sort of gives a little bit of credit to the idea of saying like, you know, if the first line and the Islanders say you like them and Anders Lee scores a couple of times and the devils are trailing, um, that could give you some added, uh, you know, minutes to the Jack Hughes projection, uh, very minor, but certainly something to keep in mind, you know, for DFS and, um, anything else you're thinking about. Um, as far yeah, as the betting odds are concerned, I don't mind taking a shot on, uh, you know, Jack Hughes kind of being the real deal and, you know, not necessarily carrying them to a victory or anything, but just like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I like, yeah, the Islanders have a couple of shutouts and all that, but like, are they that much better than the devils? I mean, not even the, not even the bookmakers seem to think so with minus only, only minus 150 kind of seems like they're giving the devils a little bit of credit here. And I might be leaning the same way, having just watched them play. Um, it seems like they have a lot of good pieces. If they can figure out their defense, um, it, it might be, you know, it might be good for them. And the early returns on guys like Ty Smith, I think are very positive. Um, so maybe there's a little something more here to the devils. Um, that said, I think I'm mostly staying away from this game just in terms of all my bets. So any last thoughts before we get to Winnipeg, Ottawa? Uh, now we, we could get over there now. Uh, I plan on going Tampa Columbus next. So let me pull up the Winnipeg game. Well, I mean, I mean, we could go right back to Tampa Columbus. If you want to just talk about, you want to talk more. But... <laughs> no, <laughs> no we don't yeah, need to. Um, to. Yeah, the rematch. Great yeah, game. This one was a lot of fun. So, um, you know, Winnipeg, Ottawa, we talked about the Ottawa situation with their top line. Uh, that top line really came through for us on 
Tuesday and from uh, playing DFS. Now, if you bet the Senators side, um, that was a tough loss to take. Uh, as someone who played Matt Murray in DFS, uh, you know, I feel you there. Um, but that top line of Norris, Batherson, and Kachuk was awesome. And they get right back at it against the exact same team. Uh, should be another high-paced affair. And both sites, DraftKings and FanDuel, have made no effort to price up either Josh Norris or Drake Batherson to where they belong. Um, so this is an area where I think basically everything that I said before still holds true. I think that Ottawa is uh, as good a team as Winnipeg. I think they're at home. I really like them from a DFS perspective because of the added value, just of them being so cheap on those sites. Um, but I also like getting a little bit of value on the money line here, you know, uh, right now, plus 108 on Ottawa and should hover around that mark. I think that's a pretty good bet at 50, 50 odds. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm opposite of you on this, or I think we're kind of on the same wavelength, but I, I like this game a little differently. First off one other name. I didn't hear you say of NG Dadenoff. Uh, he actually led them on ice time for forwards just by a hair. Um, he's not uh, with that first line you mentioned, but he is, you know, first power play still. So as a 2.9 on DraftKings and it's super cheap on FanDuel, just one more name to throw in that bucket of the cheap players you can get to get you those top end players like McKinnon, who we're going to talk about later, uh, definitely makes a ton of sense. The one thing about this game is, you know, I think for a DFS perspective or really, you know, any sort of betting you're going to do, we should have Connor Hellebuck back in net and being as Winnipeg has given up just a plethora of shots. I think he's kind of the premium value goalie on the slate. Um, Bandul, I'm going to just assume he's super expensive because they're always seemingly um, 8,400, whatever it is, what it is. I, I do like that a lot though. You know, when you try to pick a goalie, there's no perfect sauce to it. It's kind of like, well, this is the game script. These are the guys that are going to see shots. Do I like them to have a chance at winning? If, you know, Hellebuck gets the Mackenzie Blackwood game from the other night, you're going to be thrilled. And I think he sets up really nicely for that. So I don't know if I'm hammering the under because Hellebuck is in, but it definitely gives me a lot more of a reason to consider it. Um, and other things to, to I guess note is that line A is projected to be out, which we didn't mention. It's not confirmed. So keep an eye out for it. But uh, Paul Maurice said that he was unlikely to, he's doubtful uh, was the wording. Um, yeah, and that also has some DFS ramifications. Like um, mm-hmm. we actually saw at the end of that game, yeah, Andrew Cop slide up. Like you know, honestly, kind of hurts a lot of guys' value in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but you know, Nick Ellers on that second line that could make that line viable. Um, mm-hmm. But it, they just feel a bit pricey, like in DFS for me yeah. to really be worried about. So yeah. their, um, the, their power play, really quick, I just want to mention it uh, was Connor probably one Connor Morrissey, Shifley, Stastny, and Wheeler. Uh, so Cobb and others didn't get that first power play bump. Um, but like you mentioned, Cobb did kind of get that first line bump and he had the overtime, I believe, assist down the others goal. So just to kind of mention kind of all encompassing on that. Um, yeah. Um, so I think that'll just about cover that game. Uh, let's get over to a rematch of a uh, showdown from Wednesday night, Montreal at Vancouver. Um this is also very close to a pick uh, Vancouver slight home dogs. Uh, right now you can get them at plus 105. That's uh, likely somewhere around there, depending on the results, especially of this um, Wednesday night tilt between those two teams. That is currently tied. So, you know, just very, tied. very close game there. Um, and 
I sort of on this one lean toward the uh, you know the road. I guess road favorite. Uh, I just think Montreal might be a, a, a sizable amount better than Vancouver when it's all said and done. Um, Vancouver was really disappointing the last couple of times out against Calgary. Um, we'll see if their top line figures it out. You know, like Pedersen, Besser, Miller should be one of the best top lines in the NHL. So you know. I'll give them a little bit of grace because Miller did miss some time and just came back and, you know, all that. So that, that's all well and good, but I think that Montreal is a really interesting candidate for, um, you know, any format betting. Uh, I like their money line odds. I also like some of their player props Um, just getting to that game. Like their power play runs so much through the defenseman um, that (laughs) I don't mind betting on Shea Weber to score a goal. Um, let's see. He is right now, at, you know, plus 300 to score a goal, 18 to one for first goal. Um, you know, that seems pretty tasty <laughs> to me. Um, guys yeah. like, you know, like you can get guys that better odds than that, or I guess I should say lower odds. So I just don't think are nearly as likely to wire one home as Shea Weber is. Um, so I really like him here. And then yeah. Jeff Petrie's might maybe even more egregious at 24 to one for first goal and plus four ten to score. Um, again, their power play runs through their defensemen and uh, we know Vancouver's pretty weak defensively. So I, I'd really like that spot for yeah. them. I'll, I'll give the stat I, I gave on another podcast. Um, so this is before tonight's games finish, but on natural stat trick, which if you haven't checked out, definitely get over there and look through what they got. Um, Players that have played more than four minutes of power play time, the shots per 60 leaders for defensemen are Jeff Petrie, one as of right now, as far as shots per 60 on the power play, over four minutes, two is Shea Theodore, and three is Shea Weber. So you can clearly see that they're trying to find these defensemen to shoot the puck. Um, Yeah, Petrie Angelo is up there as well. So, you know, you see Vegas and Montreal, two teams that are definitely feeding their defensemen, and you're going to get great odds on all of that, Uh, you know, if getting a power play goal is tough because getting a power play isn't always a gimme. You, you know, I still, I love those odds. One of my favorite bets of the night is by Petrie to score. It's huge, huge, hugely in your favor. Um, you can make a killing on that. I wouldn't yeah. you know, but the, but the house on it, but he's going to be shooting. He's been one of the better rate shooters all year. So why not put some money on it? Yeah. And DJ, you pulled those numbers blind to what was happening on Wednesday night, uh, Vegas, their first two goals of the game. Do you want to guess who scored them? Shea Weber and Alex Petrangelo. So like, you know, like even this early, like we sort of know what teams, uh, sorry, I said Theodore and Petrangelo, they both scored. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can tell what some teams are just trying to do. And this was no surprise coming into the year that Petrie Weber on the top power play where they're the shoe. Um, So Suzuki setting them up, you know, this, that, the other thing. Um, yeah, I just think that this game is a really prime spot for them, especially to shine. And not only because of their offensive upside, but because they, you know, they block a lot of shots and this game should be pretty up tempo on, um, you know, a slate that unlike Tuesday doesn't have a ton of high quality options, um, you know, that we had to talk about. So um, especially on defense. So uh, with all of that covered, anything else from this game before we get to the last game? Yeah, the only other stat that I found that was a little bit interesting from this game was uh, Pedersen, which I'm trying to really quickly pull up. It took me one second. So he has on the power play the sixth in the league, tied for actually fourth in 13 I-Corsi-4 on the power play. 
only so the 13 shot attempts, only six have gotten to the net, which I don't really think is that indicative of his ability to shoot, but more of his just unluckiness or pucks getting blocked or angles getting covered. Uh, I think that that well is going to break so far. No points on the power play either. Uh, again, that's going to break. So I, I really like him as a first goal or you know goal option in this game as a guy that just has been really unlucky uh, more than is not good because that, like I said, one of the top in the league and getting shot attempts on the power play means that he's, they want to feed him and they're going to continue to feed him and they want him to get hot. So I really like Pedersen in this matchup at a pretty decent price on both sides and you're getting decent odds on him to score a goal, which I love. All right. Um, so yeah, the, I like Pedersen too. I think we've already, I've already given my thoughts on the general yeah. matchup. So uh, getting to the last game, we have Colorado at the Kings. Um, you know, Colorado seemed like they were on easy street to a, you know, cool, calm, collected victory on Tuesday. And then the Kings really showed up. Um, you know, they really tested them. They, uh, Colorado still managed to prevail, but um, the Kings definitely showed something in that third period. I'm interested to see if they can sort of carry over some of that momentum. Um, they also switched up some of their lines in the third, which they are keeping going into this. So, uh, you know, it's a really interesting spot, I think, especially just because, uh, you know, I think we both agree Colorado is overwhelmingly likely to win this game. Um, but it's a matter of can LA and especially like with their really good value that you're going to get, you know, not necessarily betting, you know, their money line, but say you want to bet their, uh, their puck line that they keep within a goal or that you want to bet one of their individual players, um, yeah. you know, especially someone who gets, you know, a, a new role, let's say like a Adrian Kempe going up to the Kopitar line, like, you know, I don't necessarily think that's, um, you know, super priced into his line to score. Uh, let's see. I can't well, even. I, I think the most egregious one is that Kopitar is over 1.5 shots minus 139. I mean, he's got 22 minutes of ice time. Power play one. He's still on Zay Kopitar. I mean, is he going to be the trigger guy in the power play? Maybe, maybe not. But he's going to see so much run out there. If you'd like this to be a game where Colorado gets up, as we mentioned, I believe on a previous show, let's say, for example, you like the full line stack in Colorado, the line one, you might want to kind of sandwich that in with a couple guys on LA to go over on the shot lines, because most teams narratively will, if let's say they get up five goals, they're going to allow a lot of shots on net from outside because teams that are losing need to shoot the puck to try to get back in the game and get a lucky one. So LA is not going to be any different than that. And Copenhagen is going to see a ton of ice time. So Thinking if you like, you know, Colorado to win by more than one, or if you like the stack, like I mentioned, Kopitar going over 1.5 seems like way too easy of a bet to not make. Is that fair enough? So as someone who has uh, said this myself many times before, not necessarily because of, you know, betting shots, but just DFS in general, uh, relying on Anze Kopitar to shoot the puck is um, not something I would recommend, especially if you you know want to stay friends with that person, because watching him is really frustrating. Um, and that's part of the reason, you know, I, I think I sort of uh, teed, teed you up and then you teed me up to talk about Adrian Kempe um, on that first yeah. line. I mean, I, this guy is a, a shooter. Uh, you can get 25 to one first goal. Like, yeah, maybe that's not the, the best because we think Colorado wins, but overall plus 450, I mean, you know, 20% of the time he scores a goal and you're set there. So it, it's something that I think is not priced in, given that the names around him include uh, Michael Amadio, Blake Lazat, and Samuel Fagamo, or Fagemo. Um, you know, honestly, don't even know how to say his name. Basically, 
grinders, you know, fourth line, you know, I know Lazat has some talent, but not getting the same minutes at Kempe will. Um, so that's just sort of, you know, right away, I think there's some value in that. Um, and if not tonight, maybe we even see that line carry over into the Kings next game that might not be against, you know, the Avs, let's say. Um, so with all that said, uh, we've covered six games. It's a bit of a lighter slate. Uh, what are your, a couple of your favorite bets that we've talked about here? I mean, I, I think as far as the money lines are concerned, I'm probably, I don't know. It's hard. Cause I, I, I don't love to, to do something like this where it's not great on the, on the, on the spread. So I really do kind of like Tampa, um, but it's a terrible spread. I just think that they're, you know, only, only two games kind of benefits them. Um, I think that, you know, it's a team that is decently healthy other than Kucherov. And I just don't like Columbus very much. I think that they do end up getting up on them early and kind of just controlling that game. And I think that will help as far as like the shooters on Columbus. I don't, okay, minus 162 is not, you can't bet it, obviously. It's like you're not getting any equity on it, but not my favorite line of the night. But I do think Tampa is in a really nice spot there that you're not getting them at a terrible, terrible um, plus, you know, minus money line when in other matchups in that division, they're going to be much worse. Yeah, so there's not a line listed right now on shots for uh, Andre Palat, but if they do, just take a look <laughs> at it. Um, you know, I'm if if they're overreacting to two games where Palat, you know, scored twice but didn't take too many shots, so they're maybe pricing him down a bit. I still think that he's pretty valuable as a trigger man on this team. Um, so, like you, I, I I really like the matchup. I think that's a good number to bet. I would definitely bet the Tampa side. Um, for my favorite bet of the night, I think I, I'm going to go back to Ottawa. Um, I, I think I saw a lot that I like. Yeah, Hellebuck's going to be in that versus Brossois, um, which obviously hurts them somewhat. But I'm not running away from a bet that I like because of the goaltender, even one as good as Hellebuck is. Um, so maybe that even gets me slightly better odds because I think it was a bit closer to a pick on uh, the other night. So I like going to Ottawa here. I think that they continue to ride these kids and their kids are showing up that I think they're playing really well. And I think they'll continue to play well here and going forward this season. So and there's um, one, one, one player prep player prop too. I mean, I, I just want to say the Petrie one, one more time. Like that is, <laughs> I just want to say it. So I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. Like what an unbelievable chance you have there to make a ton of money on just, something that makes so much logical and mathematical sense. Uh, is there one player prop two you want to hammer in? Um, even if it's out yeah, there. The, uh, the, the Bjorkstrand shots number uh, over yeah, two and okay. a half, you know, like, yeah, Tampa's good. Um, but I think Bjorkstrand, you know, if they're trailing, he'll be on the ice a ton and he's right. not afraid to shoot from anywhere, even if it's that's a, a, you that's know, exactly less than ideal location. Yeah. So 100%. That, that's a, almost exactly what I was thinking. It's like Tampa wins that game decently handily and, uh, he ends up getting like five shots on net, which would be awesome. Um, All right. Do you want to get into a little bit of the DraftKings now? Yeah. So, you know, just before we get into the DraftKings, uh, if you want more in-depth DraftKings stuff, you can find DJ and I over at the Morning Skate Podcast. Uh, conveniently enough, we actually recorded a show for the Thursday slate that you can get to. Basically covers everything head to toe, everything you can want to know about the slate. So, um, you know, feel free. Again, that's the Morning Skate Podcast at Morning Skate Pod on Twitter. Um, but Let's give them a little sampling of you know what they can catch over there too. Talk oh, about goodness. yeah, talk about some DFS. So um, we'll start out at the top of the center position, and you know, kind of one general thought that I have is that center doesn't have a ton of value, like outside of a couple names. 
um, mm. that might be pretty popular as a result. Um, so I'm pretty willing to spend up at center here. Nate McKinnon, I mean, man, everyone's going to have him, but he wasn't even that great. <laughs> he wasn't even that good yeah. on Tuesday, no. and he still got 13. You know, he still didn't kill you. And he's got, you know, he's got a 30-burger waiting in it. Uh, so <laughs> to me, yeah, McKinnon's no. kind of the guy at the top here at 8,500, but anyone else that you are interested in? Yeah, I already mentioned Pedersen. I'll say it again. I'm still pretty in on him. Um, I think I like him just as much as, you know, Bergeron or Point or Shifley or Barzil. And, you know, he's 6,400. I, I think that's a really good price. And you can get that entire Vancouver line one for very cheap on DraftKings. You know, 6,400 for Pedersen. You pair that with JT Miller at 53 and 52 for Brock Besser. You're, I feel like you're feeling real, real good with one of the premium games on the slate, one of the premium over-unders. Uh, it's a back-to-back. I already said it before. I'm not afraid of back-to-backs. doesn't matter. So let's jam that in. I think it's just going to be a really savvy line to have. Um, it's going to be tough to get that with a lot of Colorado one, but you know, if you're getting away from Colorado one, I think that's the spot for a line that could, you know, has three, four goal potential. So yeah, that's why um, my top the, as you mentioned before, I'm just going to continue for a second, the mid tier at center, or I guess the upper mid tier is it's pretty dead zone for me, other than Kadri being like a, potential pivot on Colorado because he does get that first power play. I don't see myself looking at anyone above 4K on DraftKings to Pedersen other than maybe Kadri. If, uh, maybe Jack Hughes. The only other one coming off a huge game, I would feel bad not mentioning him. I'm wearing my Devil's Taylor Hall jersey. Um, so feel bad not mentioning that. Uh, it's a lot more favorable on FanDuel. That New Jersey first line with power play upside is incredibly cheap. But Matt, I'll let you touch on the, anything over at center. Yeah, no. Uh, also, we'll commend you on the added touch of with the Taylor Hall jersey wearing the Sabres. You know, just just very, very good, good stuff there on your part. The people know. The people know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Taylor Hall, Buffalo Sabre. That will never get old until <sighs> July first when he walks. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, I also think that Jack Hughes is a decent bet. You know, like in terms of betting on talent. Yeah, it's DFS, but you're still you know, <laughs> wagering on his talent, I think here in this spot um, should be very low owned despite having a blow up game against the Rangers. And yeah, like you mentioned, uh, you know, Shrangovich and Palmieri, I think are pretty good plays themselves uh, should be on the power play with him. PK Subban's also nice and cheap, you know, ready to just lock in your lineups if you want uh, some correlation there. And then Miles Wood too, uh, goals in three straight games for him. So you know, Jack Hughes is kind of the guy who will make that offense work if it works. Um, so certainly not a key piece, but someone to you could sprinkle in and has a lot of upside um, at low ownership. As far as the values go, I mean, it's Josh Norris for me, uh, 3,600. You know, we saw it. He centered the Batherson Kachuk line Tuesday, had an absolute, oh, he had one heck of a game, man. Um, like he was just everywhere. That line looked really, really good. And the nice thing about this season is that you looked great. Let's run it back. Let's do it again. Um, DraftKings was so nice as to not even price him up. So, you know, he came in with a ton of uh, pedigree. He certainly showed that (laughs) on Tuesday. So I'm going right back to that well. No, definitely. I I totally agree. The only other guys we'll just mention quickly, uh, Nolan Patrick with Morgan Frost being out might get a little bit more of a bump. He already is seeing power play time. He's super cheap. Former number two overall pick. I can't hate it. And then Alex Texier in Columbus playing with Bjorkstrand, more than likely. Um, 
that, that seems a little bit too cheap. So if you like Bjorkstrand and Texier, it's a super duper duper cheap stack. They're not correlated on the power play. Hurst are upside a little bit in GPP, but you know, if they get a goal on five on five and Texier definitely can shoot the puck. Um, All right. So let's, let's tackle some wings here. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, at the top of the wing position, we have Stamkos at 8,200, um, certainly priced up to, you know, I would consider peak Stamkos. Um, so if two games against Ch- Chicago tells you that Stamkos is, you know, good to go, um, <laughs> like that's, uh, you know, that, that's his price. So I don't think I'm doing that myself. I prefer Miko Rantanen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, it's obviously hinges on McKinnon. So I don't really see Rantanen going crazy without McKinnon, you know, also doing a lot for you. Um, but there's a ton of value that we've covered that allows you to play McKinnon and Rantanen sure. very simply. Uh, anyone else at the top that you think, uh, you know, it's worth a play? I mean, they're priced up for a reason. It's not like these guys, there's not, there's not one guy at the top. I don't think could break a slate. Um, I think Anders Lee is kind of a guy that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Uh, he's just been firing the puck from all angles. Um, you know, 13 shots on goal in three games. is something I won't bat an eye at. But is he too expensive on this slate for me to think that he's an optimal play? That's going to be really tough for me to get him in there because I like these Colorado and Vancouver guys a, a good bit. So trying to jam him in is tough. But I do think we should at least mention him as you know a, a premium shooter. His shot odds aren't fantastic for taking him, but I do like him a lot to be over. New Jersey's been really giving it up as far as shot attempts against. So I think he's a really good bet in a player prop if you don't play him in DraftKings. But yeah, Ranton and kind of the premium guy up top, um, getting a bit cheaper. You know, I think the mid tier for wing is going to be nice again, but I'm really high in Vancouver. So JT Miller and Besser kind of lead the the way here. Uh, we talked a good bit about Gallagher on our other podcast. Is there anyone you want to mention here or maybe Gallagher in general of like what his outlook looks like? I mean, this is a guy that he's been priced up at you know, seven, almost seven, five before in previous years. And we've considered it. So his price has come down a really good bit for his potential shot output. So what do you think about him in general? Yeah. So, I mean, I mentioned him uh, because I feel like it's worth a conversation, but basically the summary of that conversation for me is he's playing nominal first line, but he's playing basically third line minutes because everyone on Montreal plays third line minutes, given the way they just roll four lines. Um, So even though the price is low, even though his rate stats are super high, um, yeah, you know, he's worth a flyer. It's that the other thing. I just think I like other places on Montreal better. Um, so, you know, that's kind of, you know, what we discussed at a bit more length with some more yeah. stats thrown in there. But um, to me, the wing position really is all about these value plays. Um, you know, I already mentioned that Claude Giroux has sort of been phased out of this Philly offense. But if you think that he's in any way near the old Claude Giroux, 4,500 on DraftKings is ridiculous. Um that said, I don't even think he's a top three value on this slate no. at wing. We have Oliver Bergstrand. We've talked about him endlessly. 4.1. We have Tyler Toffoli, 3.9. I didn't even know he scored twice until I just checked. Um, so, you know, I guess go me. Um, so Tyler Toffoli's there. First power play. Again, third, third quote-unquote minute lines for him. But he's actually a third liner with power play and penalty kill time. Like he's probably got the highest minutes of any Canadian. Uh, he's also a very good shooter and way cheap. Um, and then Drake Batherson, 3,500. He should not be. <laughs> like this is a guy who's shown it in the NHL. 
he's playing on that line with Norris and Kachuk. He's just really good. So anyone else, or should we just get the defense? I think we had a couple like punts that weren't, I wouldn't want to miss at least mentioning like, so if you get you know your perfect lineup, you get everything together and you land on like 2,900 dad enough, I think it's just as good as Batherson as far as a, like a solo play, um, you know, three shots on goal in the past two games, a couple blocks, a ton of minutes, first power play that off also last year was playing at Florida and was like six K all year. He didn't drop off the face of the earth as far as his skill. I know it's Ottawa, but it's a good matchup. So two, nine, that enough, definitely a good solo play. Uh, Brandon Saad too at two nine. I mean, if you like this Colorado matchup a ton, he's at least factoring in on power play too and getting like a decent role there. So worth the the flyer um, as far as a guy that's super duper cheap. Um, so those are kind of the, the below three K guys I think are worth mentioning. Um, but I'm ready to move over to defense. Yeah. So um, you know something that we also noticed it's sort of a larger trend like DraftKings has done a really good job of pricing up uh defensemen so josh morrissey 3900 up to 46 here so really i think what you do is you uh you look for you know one you you set up your centers and your wingers and those sort of correlations that you want and then you just try to play whatever defenseman sit uh, fits i don't see a ton of quote-unquote like per dollar value uh, at this position um, so just a couple of our top names just going down the list here. Um, at the very top, I'm not touching Victor Hedman for 7,100. He's a great player. He's not a great daily fantasy player. You know, he's no Brent Burns in his heyday. He's no Roman Yossi or whatever. Um, he's just not. Like, he could have spike games here and there, but he's just not going to do it as regularly as I would expect for that price tag. Instead, I'm going to two guys. You know who we're going to talk about, Jeff Petrie and Shea Weber. We've already said everything there's to say about them, yep. um, but they are elite defensemen um, in a great matchup for you know relatively low price. Um, so, any other guys at the top you want to talk about or uh, mid tier guys? Uh, Kel McCarr, if you're doing the full stack, if you can fit him in, it's still a good play. He was a bit disappointing, I believe, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. not not great at all. I had no points, had two blocks, and that's it. Goes up in price. Maybe people get off of him just kind of people that are kind of just hand builders, not really looking into much. They think, yeah, bad game, just kind of fading him. So I think you'll get him super duper low owned. Um, but other than that, I'm definitely getting a bit cheaper. I think there's some very good value on defense as well. So is there one guy you're keying in on more than others um, as far as the mid tier? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, no, I think is my obvious answer. I'm going to have to make the decision before, you know, before lock, um, especially playing, you know, one lineup. Um, but just the handful of guys that I'm considering are uh, PK Subban, Seth Jones, and Josh Morrissey, all in pretty much the exact same price. They're about 46 to 4,800. Um, and I think there's various elements that are in favor of some and against others. Um, so, you know, but I think those are definitely like the quote unquote best plays at that price range. Sure, sure. I mean, I, I definitely echo those um, sentiments there, but. There's really, yeah, I, I don't think there's anyone uh, kind of that stands out an unbelievable amount. There's a couple of guys way cheaper, if you don't mind me going down there, that are, I think, worth consideration. Um, one of them, I think, is more of your actually it fits to maybe jam him in a lineup. And one of them, I think, is a little bit more people might talk about him, but I don't know if I like as much. And these are both below 3K. I think Noah Dobson is going to get a little bit of praise and people are going to talk about him. But I don't know if it's a great, great play. He was first power play hasn't really shown much of a floor at all. Not 
definitely not the guy they're featuring as a shooter, but he's a pretty highly touted prospect. And I think sometimes these highly touted prospects, people just sort of gravitate to. Um, when we have a guy that's more of a proven uh, shot producer, power play guy, uh, in Eric Gustafson, who was the top power play guy in Chicago last year, comes over. He's power play two in Philadelphia. But I say power play two a little bit loosely because it does seem like they're willing to put either him or Provorov on that first unit with, you know, whoever's maybe fresh or ready to go. It doesn't seem like they have like the strongest lean. And they also run both units pretty fairly. And they have like distributed the wealth as far as skill on both of them. So I think you have a pretty good floor at two seven on Eric Gustafson in cash and a you know, great upside, a guy that might not be hammering the puck as much as a Petrie or whatever, but a guy that will shoot it. Um, and you're just kind of looking for him to get you, you know, the, the two to three shots on goal, two to three blocks in a point, and you're going to smash value with that. Um, he's done it. He has three assists in four games and he has decent rate stats. So I, I don't think any reason why if you're playing cash, you wouldn't strongly consider Eric Gustafson. Um, yeah. Is there anyone else you want me to mention? No, I mean, I mean, I think we've pretty much set up, set you guys up to make, uh, you know, some pretty good lineups if you are looking to play some DFS here on this Thursday slate. So um, anything you want to cover before we close out the show? Um, yeah, just we, we haven't announced our last winner yet for the uh, commenting. So if you haven't done it yet, or maybe if you have tried to do it again, um, leave us a rate, a review, a like on iTunes. I don't know if you can leave it anywhere else, but uh, leave it on YouTube if you want. Smash the subscribe button. Like break your laptop. You hit it so hard. If you have a touch screen, be careful though. Um, but definitely subscribe, comment, review. We're always looking for feedback. We're looking for what you want to hear. Questions. I didn't actually look on the YouTube channel today, so I'll try to go back through our old video in the next one so we can get your questions answered. Um, a lot of new stuff with the NHL this year, and you're going to want to be in on all that news as I mentioned off the top, you know, news is going to break in a moment at moment's notice. So don't hesitate to get in a group. And we have a discord for our morning skate podcast and a lot of new faces are coming in. Uh, some of them are you know, vocal right off the cuff. You don't even need to, need to say anything in it, though. we're not looking for you to be the top contributor. If you think like, oh, I don't have much to say. I'm just looking for news and notes. That's totally fine. Just get in there. Listen to what we have to say. We talk about all the goals. We sweat it out with you. Um, we, we have a lot of big winners in there. We had one guy that just took down uh, how much again? I mean, he shot. He took a, down uh, the glove save for yeah, you know, the yeah, 150 yeah. for 5K. So, you know, not a bad night. Not a on, bad uh, night. Tuesday. And, and everyone's kind of enjoying it together. So if you want to get in a community like that, even if you don't say a word, no one's going to say anything. You're not going to get kicked out. If you just want to be a fly on the wall, we have all the lines also from a bot correlating to a different feed within <laughs> that channel. If you've never used Discord before, you can DM either me or Matt or the Morning Skate podcast, and we'll go over how to get into our Discord and what it's like. But there's multiple channels in there. So, right, cool. um, yeah, go back that, to you. Anything else? Yeah, no, uh, you pretty much covered everything else I was going to push. So, uh, just make sure you follow uh, me. I am at Fake Moods, and DJ is at DJ underscore Mitchell. Mayo Media Network and FTN, Fade the Noise, and Mayo for checkout. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so I think DJ basically covered our outro. So nailed it for you. Good luck on this Thursday slate, everybody. Mm-hmm.